cool. Gamar Jobar. Okay, nice. You can start, you can launch the thing. I'm, I'm on the, great. Hi everybody, this is Freedom Podcast Belisi by Sakharvar Insight. Uh, what is Sakharvar Insight? Sakharvar Insight is a media platform, Georgian media platform. And uh, our goal is to raise awareness about the country, Georgia. Uh, we want to show what the opportunities are existing here in the country. We also want to show young Georgians that uh, there are lots of things to do here and they don't have to go abroad necessarily to live and to have a good life. Plenty of things to do here. Um, also, we want to change the branding. Uh, I know uh, that uh, you like Khingali uh, and things like that, but the Georgia is not only Khingali uh, and Khachapuri. There is much, much, much more that the country can offer and we want to show uh, what's going on. So today we have Harris Mowbray uh, with us on the podcast. And I have to admit, I don't, uh, I don't know you. The only people that told me about you were my team and, and they told me a lot of good things about you. So, but I wanted to uh, keep my uh, brain fresh and uh, so that this uh, podcast will be uh, fully authentic. So uh, Harris, uh, who are you? I'm Harris. Yes. Uh, my name is Harris Mowbray. I'm a, a programmer from the United States. Uh, I live in Washington, D.C., and I love Georgia. However, one of the reasons I'm most known in Georgia is because I help run a meme page called Canada Ball, which has become very popular in Georgia, mostly because I am running these tournaments, which uh, have countries go against each other uh, on Facebook. Uh, and it's hard to explain, but you have to love React or haha React more. Uh, how how does it how do how does it work exactly? So this is a Facebook page. Let's say let's say I'm someone who doesn't know anything about anything. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is a Facebook page where uh, people uh, they they are member of this page, right? No, anyone no, can uh, huh? anyone can look at the page and see what's there. Anyone can share the content. Uh, so there's. It used to be on Facebook that you could only like a post, meaning that you like it basically, and then more people will see it. However, now there's more options. You can laugh at a post with haha. -ha. You can show that you're sad with a sad reaction. You can be angry at the post by doing angry. So we use this Facebook mechanism in order to use it as a sort of voting system. So we can have two countries and it says Turkey versus Georgia. Turkey haha -ha, reacts, Georgia, love react mm. and whoever gets more reactions that's the winner who advances to the next round that's basically how it works and it starts with 16 then it goes to eight then four mm. and then finally the two oh, interesting. Uh, winners go against each other so it's a uh, very suspenseful usually uh, oh, peop that's uh very nice. yeah usually the biggest rounds are the final ones where people get the most excited. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, give me an example of a tournament. Uh, do you have some theme for different tournament and how, how does it work? Yes, so most of the tournaments, uh, over half of them are just based on countries. We maybe do this around once a year where we get 16 countries, which are usually a lot of the countries repeat, let's say, b based on where our fans are from. We have Georgia every time, we have Mexico every time, we have Brazil every time. Mm. Uh, uh, but sometimes we add new countries or take away countries that uh, were not so popular. So, but it's not always country-based. We also have done one about food, 
where it's like uh, we get dishes from around the world, such as, I don't know, quesadilla mm -hmm. and um, pierogi from mm -hmm. Poland. Uh, and at the end of the food tournament, it the two Georgian dishes uh, <laughs> were in the finals. It was Khinkali versus Khachapuri. Uh, there was two, the, the, the two finals were Georgia and Georgia. Yes. Uh, so uh, the food tournament allowed us to do uh, like some countries. We did more than one dish. Ah. Uh, Okay, okay. So at the end, uh, Georgia was... Uh, yeah, it was Georgia versus winner. Georgia. <laughs> yeah. And okay. I, I honestly don't remember who won, but I think it was Khachapuri against uh, Khinkali, okay. though both are delicious. Yeah. Um, we also do a city-based tournament. So we did this once, and I think the next one will probably be city-based, where it's like a Tbilisi versus Mexico City or Sao Paulo versus Warsaw or mm. something like that. And uh, uh, so you're an admin of the page Canada Land. Canada ball, uh, yes. Ball, Canada ball and Canada ball. Does it exist like other balls? Like yes, uh, it, it was based off of a page that existed maybe starting 2013 called Poland Ball, which is even today the most popular. And then people started making other pages like I don't know Finland ball, Mexico ball, Argentina ball. It's especially popular in Latin American countries and Eastern Europe, but also to an extent in uh, uh, Eastern Asia. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. And how did you get to be become an admin of that page? Uh, I had a Canadian friend who was looking for more admins, and uh, this was around 2016 or so, like uh, almost seven years ago at this point, and I decided to join. And most of the people who were running the page are Canadian, uh, although today only two people post, really. Me and a Canadian named Tassin who lives in Toronto. Okay, okay. And... Uh, so the the most famous is the Pol Poland Poland ball. Poland yes. ball. Mm. Are all the balls like uh, balls? Uh, you know, uh, are uh, they are they all functioning the same? They all have tournaments. Is all no. Uh, this is well, the tournaments were my idea because mm. I I had uh, I helped run other large meme page international meme pages on oh. Facebook and. I realized that using this like haha -ha or love, uh, like uh, using the different reactions, basically we could generate a lot of traffic to the page and it would really uh, like get people interested and help the page grow very quickly. Wow. So uh, it's a little bit messing with the Facebook algorithms, let's say, but very it's very popular uh, still. People seem to like it. I just try not to do it too much because people might get annoyed if they're seeing these tournaments all the time uh like what's the frequency uh, i would say maybe once or twice a year oh that's it yes that's it so it's extra special when we do it and and how do you do like uh we'll come back to the traffic generation and stuff mm -hmm. after but do you have a graphic designer that is doing uh, those memes how do you find the ids I, i'm the graphic designer oh, okay. <laughs> i mean i just uh, taught myself a few years ago how to do image editing it's actually very simple how i do it i have a template in google slides mm -hmm. uh, although google slides is not supposed to be an image editing software mm -hmm. if you, you can mess around with it and do some image editing let's say that's how i make memes also for the page okay okay so you learned it yourself and um, so from your experience, you were telling me that uh, you had uh, previous experience into other international meme page. So first, what is a meme? A meme is, I guess we could just define it as a funny image on the internet. Mm -hmm. uh, of over time, meme culture has slowly developed where there's lots of inside jokes that people around the world uh, would know, and it's constantly changing. Usually it's a combination of images and text 
that are somehow funny together. Although maybe not every time it needs to have text. Uh, I, I think almost I think 99% of the population below the age of 40 has seen a meme. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, I hope. Sure, <laughs> sure. And uh, where, where, when did it started this this meme? There's a culture of the meme, right? Of yeah, course. I think it emerged when the internet emerged. Basically, there were inside jokes on the internet even in the like late 80s, early 90s. Although the like looking back, it was not very funny <laughs> what was going on. I mean, the the jokes even up until I'd say 2013, 2014 were pretty stupid. But then slowly, meme culture started developing and getting more. Um, uh, it's like a more complex, let's say, mm -hmm. and the jokes were able to be funnier, especially as more and more people started to use the internet mm -hmm. and internet access increased. Mm, interesting. Uh, what makes a meme works? Um, I'd say a meme has to be creative. It has to, like many memes are similar, very like similar jokes to other ones beforehand. So it's not very funny. You have to be unique and have your own idea, but it also has to be easy to read, like not super pixelated. You have to do a little bit of graphic design, let's mm. say, and it has to be something that most people would understand because mm -hmm. if only a few people understand the meme, they're not really going to share it so widely. Mm -hmm. I mean, a meme could be more niche, like I could make a meme in the Georgian language and not the whole world would mm -hmm. get it, but mm -hmm. as long as the, pe the audience of the meme would understand, then mm -hmm. it's good. Uh-huh. Okay, interesting. Interesting. So you have a, a checklist of the things that you need to have in your meme so that you know that it has higher chance of, 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 of getting viral. Yes. On 100 memes that you create, uh, how many are successful? And what is your metric to say, okay, that's, that, uh, KP, that uh, meme is successful? Um, I think you can determine whether a meme is successful based on how many likes it gets or how many times it's shared. So it's very basic. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's pretty easy to tell if a meme is successful. Or if uh, sometimes I make a meme and then I see other pages posted or my friends see it on another part of the internet. So mm. I know it's gone so far that people don't know who made it, which is fine with me. I don't care. Oh, interesting. So mm. one of the indicators that the meme is successful is that nobody knows who cre uh, nobody uh, know who is the creator of that meme like the or, or the original that that's one indicator maybe yeah i mean on one hand some people like to put watermarks on their memes like mm. their instagram handle or a link to their like website but i don't really do that because mm. I, I don't care enough to mm. <laughs> do mm. that is there money in the meme in the industry uh absolutely not i mean may, maybe a little bit when you're at the top of the meme pyramid but <laughs> I, I think i'm pretty near the top of the meme pyramid and no there's not very much money to be made especially i mean most of my uh fans live in latin america or like very few of my fans live in canada or the united states so if i wanted to i don't know sell t-shirts or something not very many people would buy if I wanted it would be hard yes and if I want to advertise something on the page like there's no country where like uh I don't know let's say some business in Brazil wanted to advertise with us only maybe five to ten percent of our fans are from Brazil so it would not really make sense for them to want to advertise with us they would probably want a page where everyone is from Brazil and is it due to the fact that your main account is in Facebook and that Facebook is mostly used mm, in uh, or your audience is uh, in South America and uh, East Europe? Because 
in Europe, Western Europe, we don't use too much. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. my generation, at least. Yeah, don't use people who Facebook. are young don't really use Facebook that much in the United States. I mean, some do, but they get their memes from Instagram, TikTok, mm -hmm. maybe Twitter, uh, as opposed to Facebook. Although there is definitely some like Americans, especially of who are f like of foreign origin, who are using Facebook for memes. So there mm -hmm. is an existing community out there. Mm, still, and. Um, uh, you're not on. Uh, you're not doing on uh, other social media platform like uh, Instagram yourself. No. Facebook is your yeah. Uh, we like I've tried to have like an Instagram page before, but there's so like so many of the people that follow are bots, and it's harder to interact with uh -huh. your audience on Instagram. You can just like maybe comment and post content, but most of the pages that are big get there from using sketchy methods like they get a bot to comment, follow my page on like 5,000 accounts until mm -hmm. they get some followers mm -hmm. or uh, they use illegitimate means. And uh, I'm not really about putting that much effort into it. I like mm -hmm. Facebook better because of the international uh, appeal. All right, all right. By the way, if uh, people have questions uh, for Harris, uh, you can definitely do so. And we will, uh, we will ask him right now uh, live. Um, Okay, th that's uh, that's interesting. Um, do you laugh at your own own memes or? Yes, <laughs> if I didn't laugh at them, I wouldn't post yeah. them. I would say the memes that are popular on my page are the ones that I make, rather than the so like I used to post more memes that I would just get from other places. But I realized it's more funny if I make my own. And mm. uh, and what do, what do you feel is the uh, main? reason of your success is it the tournament part or is it the meme quality mm, i would say people start with the tournaments and stay for the memes <laughs> maybe oh, or interesting. I, I don't know if that's actually true but uh i'd say the tournaments really got a lot of generation but i think that the page is popular in georgia because especially because i post stuff specifically relating to georgia even though Georgia is a small country, it has a big heart. So mm. I think people are very happy that someone in the West uh, is paying so much attention mm. to them. Uh, I really like Georgian culture, language, history uh, for many years. So I was naturally drawn to it. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll go to Georgia a little bit later. Yeah. But uh, how did you uh, discover Georgia? Was it through those, those tournaments that you had to do? They say, okay, well, what is this country? Um, I already knew a lot about uh, Georgia just because as a kid I was reading Wikipedia two hours a day and I still probably read, Wiki read Wikipedia around two hours a day. Uh, I was always really interested in the different countries in the world and I uh, decided to get a degree in international relations uh, which I graduated in a, a few months ago. So uh, I was al already interested but I remember one day in 2017 I woke up and I got dozens of messages from Georgians and they said, please help the Turkish me memers online are being mean to us. We need your support. <laughs> and I said, okay, I will, I will help lead, lead you guys. Even though I was like a board or I don't know, I didn't really know much about uh, Georgia, but I decided to help them because the Georgians w seemed uh, very nice. And in the past, uh, many Turkish m like, uh, memers tried to mass report our page and tried to take it down for no reason. Wow. And at the end, who won the battle? Mm, let's say Georgia won. I, yes. I don't know. There's no winners, <laughs> but uh, Georgia won. Great. Um, I think it's Elon Musk who, who was saying like, uh, 
the master of the universe are the ones who control the meme or something like this. Like it's so true. That that's very powerful. Uh, how, what is the power of uh, influence of a meme in changing behaviors? Do you have some insight about that? Yes, I think that memes in some ways can be very political. During the presidential election in the United States, for example, some political parties were paying people to make memes in order to convey their ideas and make mm. their ideas seem popular. Or it's a way to also use satire to make fun of ideas that are bad, that, mm. that you dislike. However, uh, they can't change someone's idea so much. If someone really disagrees with the meme, even if it's funny, it won't change their mind. Yes, but you know, the, the one of the best way to make someone change his mind is through humor. Yes. Because it's not, it's not a frontal approach, mm -hmm. it's not confrontational. And you know, it, it just, it just puts the seeds into, <laughs> into someone's brain and then maybe it will, uh, it will grow. Um, so that, that's interesting. So people are, people are professional meme, memes maker. Yes, I mean, I, I don't know if anyone does it as a full-time job, but there's definitely some people working for political campaigns or maybe some co definitely some companies in advertising are starting to use memes as a way to sell stuff. But uh, from what I've seen, they are not using memes to sell stuff as much because it's not being so popular. Only for maybe certain products where a large percentage of the buyers happen to be people who like memes mm -hmm. or are mm -hmm. online a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so... Can you can you uh, lead us uh, to to your your coming to Georgia? How long you've been here, mm -hmm. and why you came here, so on and so forth? Just explain to us the reason of your being. Yes, here. so I've wanted to go to Georgia for a long time since 2017, really. Although I never got the chance due to coronavirus, uh, gas prices, other things going on in my life, which didn't let me. But I decided that in 2023. I want to be a very different person, maybe not so different, but I really need to travel, get out more, and uh, continue doing my linguistic work around the world. So starting in August of last year or so, I got in contact with the blind community of Georgia, and I had some projects that I wanted to do with them, such as making uh, Braille for the Mingrelian language and Braille for the Abkhaz language. So, uh, sorry to go backwards a little bit, but yeah, starting yeah. in uh, 2021, I realized that some languages in the world didn't have Braille. English has Braille, Spanish has Braille, Russian and Japanese and Chinese have Braille, but many smaller languages don't. And some of these smaller languages actually have millions of speakers. So I took it upon myself to start developing Braille for languages around the world, uh, in the United States, in Europe, in Africa, in Asia, in Polynesia, uh, in almost every region of the world. I was spending lots of time during quarantine just researching different languages that might have Braille or might, or sorry, that might need Braille and getting into contact with the community. And then from there, getting into contact with the government, official organizations, the media in that country. So I had already, uh, as of like, in the first year and a half, I was on the news in maybe 15 or so countries uh, just for this Braille work. And mm. I decided that, oh, I love Georgia. I want to help to make Braille for languages there next. Uh, uh, why, why do you have an interest in this topic? Um, I was always pretty interested in linguistics and the different alphabets of the world. Of course, uh, Georgia has three alphabets, which is super impressive. But uh, 
I F four now because four. I'm, I'm writing myself and okay <laughs> your handwriting is the fourth <laughs> alphabet great um i don't know how uh so i in 2020 uh after learning a lot about linguistics and programming by myself i started working for a native american tribe who i still work for and uh i'm there my job there is to help their language their language has five speakers and i said to them that they need an online dictionary which i made with them and they need a keyboard for Mac, for iPhone, et cetera. And I realized, wow. what else do they need? I was trying to think of more ideas so that I could, you know, keep my job and mm. keep doing new stuff. And I realized one thing they didn't have is Braille. That there was no way for blind people to read their alphabet. So I decided to investigate, see how Braille worked. And then I made that. And then and I... How, how Braille works? Can you explain to us? Yes, I can explain. So... Every letter corresponds to a dot pattern. Every... So... Braille is made up of different cells, which are like a two by three grid. And uh, each pattern, for example, dot, dot, dot would be L uh, in English Braille. And it's uh -huh. also uh, L in Cyrillic uh, Braille. And for the Georgian alphabet, it's the same. Uh, Braille is more or less similar across the different alphabets in the world, with the exceptions of Chinese, Japanese, Korean, and Thai. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, there's also um, different patterns for all of the punctuation marks, such as like comma, exclamation point, question mark. And there are unique Braille systems in order to write musical notation in Braille, as well as mathematical or scientific notation. This way, blind people can read equations, do math, be scientists, be programmers. They can do anything that they want with the help of Braille. Very interesting. So you basically mapped the this native uh, tribe alphabet to the braille. I mean, you created yourself the 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 the, the mapping, right? You decided, yes. okay, this letter mm -hmm. is going to be three dots, or it's going to be one dot here and one dot here. You you decided this. Yes, uh, I nice. mapped it based on international standards uh, and made it similar to English braille, and I tried to make it uh, in a way that the other letters that are sounds that don't in exist in English, like I tried to make it logical so that it would be easy for someone to learn, as easy as I could make it. Mm -hmm. So there is as many Braille uh, alphabet as there is alphabets, right? Uh, I mean, there should be. Not every alphabet has its own Braille alphabet yet, which is where I come in. Uh -huh. got, uh, it, got it. So that you, you made it your mission to have every single uh, alphabet or language have its own braille equivalent yes exactly i think it's an important goal because uh it's very easy to make a braille for a language and there's no reason that blind people shouldn't be able to learn how to read every language or write every language because the technology has existed for so long georgian braille is 120 years old so there's no reason we can't have mingrelian or svan braille mm -hmm. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the first Braille that bites uh, when? Um, it was created, uh, French Braille was created by Louis Braille uh, in the 1860s or 70s, somewhere around. He, it took him a while to develop and create the final version, but after... 1860s. Something like that. Don't, don't quote me on that, but mm -hmm. uh, uh, like a mid-late 1800s. Can you, can you check? Okay, so you came here in Georgia for that reason. Partially. I mean, uh, okay, so 
uh, I worked with the uh, okay to to finish this story around August. I con I was in contact with a blind teacher and blind activist here in Georgia, and I was talking to them about making Braille for more languages. And they said, actually, we have a different project that we want to work on, which uh, is not exactly related. The project is has to do with Braille on computers. So blind people have special types of computers where you you open a website and then dots come out of the computer and you read it and then you can scroll down the website and the dots will change to show what text is on that website. So if you have a website in English, a computer can convert it to Braille. If you have a website in Spanish, the computer can convert it to Braille. But Braille computers have not been adapted to the Georgian alphabet yet and they wanted help with that, which I did. And how, how efficient is it compared to audio description? Well, because because the, the, there there is another way for them to read mm -hmm. is through the hearing, right? Yes. Through, through, through and why why is, is Braille important when you have that that technology? Um, sometimes, uh, I mean, both both are important. A lot of blind people I know here in Georgia like to use audio, but if you want to, for example, read a book or or let's say you're reading a book with math equations or something, the mm -hmm. audio translation will not be very good. Mm -hmm. And this is also important because blind people are typing. And while there is text-to-voice in Georgian, the voice-to-text is not really there yet. So it's m partly more for reading or writing documents, let's say. I'm not exactly 100% sure on all of the applications, but uh, I know that it will be useful. And so you met a lot of blind people. I met two, which is like half the blind people I've met in my life, to be honest. Uh, so, but I, I've talked to more in Georgia, uh, like over internet, and they are very positive about the idea. It's only starting, like we just finished in the end of December. So the compute, Braille computers are slightly slow to adapt onto it, but they're about like, uh, I would say in a month or two it'll be perfect and all of the braille computers and other types of braille devices will be able to use the Georgian language. Uh, how do you how do you see uh, the arrival of ChatGPT in that in, in that direction to help you maybe translate or things like that? Um, I don't know. I don't think ChatGPT is very would be very useful in that situation. In fact, I used ChatGPT a few months ago, and I asked the very simple question of, "What is the letter A in Braille?" and it gave me the wrong answer. Mm. Uh, ChatGPT is artificial intelligence, but it's pretty artificial in that uh, it doesn't actually know the answers to that many questions. It just or it just gave me an answer that looked correct while not actually being correct. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that AI will be very useful in helping me make uh, Braille for languages or translate Braille or anything like that, unfortunately. Uh, touching with your hands, like, uh, I mean, you, you don't know how to read bra Braille yourself. like No, uh, I, I do. I mean, but if you went with the touching... Yeah, I, c I can do it with touching my hands, but it's it's way quicker for me to read it by yes, sight. Yes, uh, but a blind person obviously yeah. wouldn't have this opportunity. But mm -hmm. uh, how long does it take uh, more to a blind person to read Braille compared to a person who would read uh, something... Someone who is exercised and experienced in reading Braille? Braille? 
um, are asking how long it would take to learn or no, no, to, to read a page compared to uh, someone who's reading it. Does it take much, much longer? Um, I don't think so. I, I think it depends on the person and how much they are using Braille. I've seen videos where blind people are like just mm. reading super fast. Mm. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, I think that many people who are sighted that know Braille don't actually know how to read it very fast. <laughs> Me included, just because I'm not doing... That's only like a very small percent of the reading that I'm doing. Most of my reading is like uh, print reading. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very nice, very nice. And so what is, what is your next step uh, now regarding uh, this project in, in Georgia? What is it you have accomplished coming here and mm -hmm. what are the next steps? Uh, we were hoping to set up meetings with the government, both the Ministry of Education and the Ministry for the Autonomous Republic of Abkhazia in order to discuss Mingrelian and Abkhaz Braille with them. So uh, unfortunately, we did not get to do that. That is the only regret I have uh, with coming here, although we are hoping that we can set up some online meetings mm -hmm. in the near future when I'm back in the United States. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, unfortunately, I was not able to do that, but I was able to meet with the blind community, talk with them about their like what they need, what they want technologically, and maybe next steps regarding Braille for other languages in Georgia. The good thing with this is that even though maybe not many people will, will use it, at least it's there in the cloud. I mean, mm -hmm. it's there and it's an archive and, you know, it may be helpful for future generation. Yes, I hope what, so. Uh, even if it only helps one person, yeah. that's good for m me. And is it costly to, to do something like this? To make Braille for a language? Yeah. No, it, it costs zero dollars. Mm -hmm. I, I just write uh, the different, like, um, like uh, how do you say, correlations between letters and Braille cells. And it's pretty easy. It, it uh, Like, for example, Mingrelian alphabet is the Georgian alphabet plus two or three letters. So I just had to find space for those two or three letters. And it probably took a solid five minutes or so. And then... Mm -hmm. Boom, we're done with the project. Mm -hmm. uh, some languages uh, have their own completely unique script, so it might take longer to do. Uh, but generally, it does not take a, a long time, and it costs zero dollars. It does cost money to have a Braille printer, but those exist in Georgia. And Braille paper is fairly expensive compared to normal paper, but still, this also exists in Georgia. So uh, generally, I don't think that there is any major cost associated with this project. It would be interesting to have a, mm, an art piece with, uh, uh, written in Braille, G Georgian Braille. I, I think it would be very interesting. Um, do you, so what, what did you do uh, coming, uh, coming here, the, the first thing? Apart from this project, did you travel a little bit? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, my page is very, very popular here. So, so many people wanted to meet me that I didn't have time to do everything. People were inviting me to their hotels, their restaurants, their... Mm -hmm. Even horseback riding, sadly, I'm allergic to horses, so I couldn't go. Mm -hmm. But uh, I realized that I would be too busy to go many places. I planned to go to Batumi and to Yerevan, but I really was not able to. Uh, I did go to Gori uh, f one day with some people, which was pretty fun. I mean, it was nice to see another part of Georgia. I don't think I'm going to visit Gori again, <laughs> necessarily. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, Tbilisi is uh, <laughs> a city I really like. Okay, okay. And so what was what was your favorite uh, uh, thing to do? Um, what, what was your initial impression? What was your expectation? Mm, 
matching with the, the reality? Yeah, the, it was the everything I expected and even more. I mean, I had already seen many pictures of Tbilisi. I know it's beautiful. I know the food is great. I actually live above a Georgian restaurant in Washington, D.C. Mm. And uh, my brother... Say, say the name. Make the it's name. called Supra. Shout, shout wow. out to Supra. Great food. <laughs> uh, and my brother had actually been to Georgia for a few days uh, last year. He was studying in Tel Aviv, so it was pretty easy for him to just take a quick flight over. And uh, I think he really liked it. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that I came. This is definitely the best trip of my entire life. Oh, and wow. I've been to a lot of countries, so wow. uh, it's not like a, this is the only country I've been to outside the USA. Wow, wow, very cool. And do you feel, do you feel more uh, interest of mm, the American public um for visiting georgia mm, i don't know on one hand in the past five years like uh there when i moved to dc there was no georgian restaurants and there was in my hometown in california there was no georgian restaurants now there are multiple in both so i think yeah, georgian because food <laughs> because georgian yeah, georgia, <laughs> georgia, many georgians are coming to the u.s i guess but also people are becoming more familiar with the food and to a lesser extent the wine but on the other hand, I don't think very many Georgians will come to, or sorry, I don't think that many Americans will come to Georgia. First of all, not many even know Georgia is a country. Like I was talking to one of my friends and he was like, wow, I can't believe they speak a different language near Florida <laughs> or <laughs> stuff like that. Or uh, I asked, <laughs> my roommate told me she thought it was cool. I was going to Georgia and I was like, oh, do you want to go to Georgia? She said, no, I would be kidnapped and killed. I'm too scared to go to Georgia, oh. even though I would say Washington, D.C. is more dangerous than Tbilisi by a significant margin. Wow. So yeah. I think uh, Americans are generally scared. I'm like uh, many of I'd say most of my friends are only interested in visiting like Mexico, Italy, Paris, London, mm -hmm. and those places. Uh, they think I'm pretty crazy for visiting a small country. Oh, that's interesting. So it's fear that uh, prevents them, maybe ignorance as well. Yeah, I, I'd say Americans are scared of a lot of things mm -hmm. compar compared to other uh, nationalities. Mm -hmm. I, I would encourage any American watching, uh, if there are any, to uh, come to Georgia. Yes, and they can find plenty of information, reassuring information about mm -hmm. George Ansakatbali inside. That's yeah. for sure. Um, okay, okay. So, so you came li like this, even though you have a lot of people uh, being scared of you coming here. Uh, but still, you did it. Still, you, you came. Mm -hmm. And what do you think we need to do to bring more people here, bring more uh, tourists or maybe entrepreneurs here in Georgia? What That's would be do your first intuition? That's a really good question. Um, one thing that I kind of noticed when I was buying like a ticket here is that it's like it's easy to fly to Tbilisi, but there's not really any flights from USA to Batumi or something. So I guess most Americans who are visiting Georgia would be just going to the capital, which is fine. Tbilisi is awesome, but... Um, was it direct flight that you took? No, no unfortunately. Yeah, I went through Paris, uh, but still. I mean, there, there were flights to Batumi, but they were like twice as expensive, so... Direct, uh, direct? No, not not indirect still, but uh, I don't know. One thing that I think could maybe be encourage more tourism is if there was more trains to different cities, perhaps, or mm -hmm. uh, if it was more straightforward, uh, but I don't know. I, I can't really say anything because I only went to Gori <laughs> this uh, mm -hmm. whole time I was here. And let's make a little tournament. Uh, uh, on what, on which field uh, uh, Georgia is better than the, than the U.S.? The I've talked about this with some of my friends. Uh, things that I like about Georgia better than uh, the U.S. or particularly where I live is 
it feels much safer here. There's much less crime and violence. Uh, I'd say the food is better. Of course, uh, if you're American, the prices are much better here compared to uh, the USA. Uh, the people are nicer. I feel like uh, uh, everyone is just so friendly. Uh, maybe there's other things that I'm not thinking of right now. Oh, the uh, met metro, like the public transportation and metro here is way better than uh, pretty much any city in the United States. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The infrastructure, you mean? Yeah. Mm, interesting. Interesting. And you like the city, the way it looks? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it looks uh, amazing and beautiful. And there's so much history here compared to any city in the United States, mm -hmm. really. I mean, Washington, D.C. is maybe 230 years old or something like that, whereas Tbilisi is maybe 10 times that old or yeah. who knows. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So you're planning to come back? Of course. And uh, what are you going to do with your life now? Um, why, why do you have to go back actually to 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 the US? Why 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 can't you just stay, stay here? I mean, uh, I can't stay here really. I I just got a small contract where I will be doing some stuff in the museums in Washington D.C. in order to get old texts in uh, for the Native American tribe who I work for, the uh, Osage Nation. So I kind of have to do that. But once I finish that, I'm free to do whatever. I mean, I I do have my apartment until. September, so uh, uh, I don't know if I can really break that contract, uh, but otherwise there is not very much keeping me in the United States. I have m many friends there, I have my family there, but I also have so many friends here that I would definitely not f ever feel alone if I was living in Tbilisi. Mm, so you made, you made some good friends here? Yes, uh, a lot. And there, there's like so many people from the meme page who want to meet me that I definitely didn't have time to mm. see even half the people who I wanted to see in the 10 days I was here. So. I definitely have to come back for longer or even I could live here for some time. We'll mm. see. Sure, sure, sure. It's very nice to live here. Very, very nice. Uh, do you, Annie, do you have some, uh, do you have some questions? Okay. There is someone. It's not a tell question. The name, but tell the name. Yes. Here is Dimi. And uh, it's not a question. He says, Harris Zahesi loves you. Answer in a, I don't know, funny way. Madloba. I, I don't know what Zahesi is, but I assume it's a village, maybe. Am I wrong? I don't know, thank you. Is Zahesi a person? Okay, Th thank you. I, I love Zahesi. <laughs> okay, here is Y uh, Toronto. Um, is there any reason why Georgians got into Canada Bowl out of all countries? Uh, yes, uh, I would say two answers. As as I said earlier, there was the meme war in 2017, which made us very popular. But also, I would say Georgians are, even though they're a very small country, they are very uh, united. Whenever there is a tournament, they all share in the groups. <laughs> Basically, everyone in uh, so many people who I met here know what Canada Ball is, whereas nobody in the United States knows what. Canada Ball is. People in the USA are not like really sharing patriotic stuff or stuff about like tournaments or stuff. They are not as connected with the outside world as uh, Georgians are. And I think that Georgians like that this page gives them a chance to show people from countries around the world uh, what they are. I've gotten many messages of people saying that they didn't know what Georgia was until the page, Very but interesting. now they really like the culture, think it's interesting. Uh, a lot of people on the page also make fun of the Georgians and say their language is like noodles, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I kind of see where they're coming from, but it's more than that. 
بسیار Uh, the second question from the same person. How does the other admins support the processes of Canada Ball? For instance, tasting. Tasting? Yeah, D-H. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce, to be honest. D-H-D-A-H-S-I-N. Uh, oh, Tassin. Tassin is the uh, other, uh, uh, he's the one of the, like the only other moderator who posts stuff. I mean, Uh, he just posts memes sometimes. He, he doesn't make his own memes because he doesn't know image editing, but I think he uh, appreciates that I like Georgia. I don't know. Uh, I don't have much to, to say. There used to be many other moderators who were posting in the past, but now it's really just us two for the past few years. Mm -hmm. how, many, how many followers do you have now? 165,000. Yeah. I mean, we have like, it's like 165,000 followers and like 153,000 likes. I don't really understand the difference so much, mm -hmm. but it's more or less the same. Mm -hmm. um, so what I was very interested in was that you got into the Braille. It's very huge for, for, uh, for, for Georgia as well. But how did you get into, for example, governmental bodies or the organizations that help you to sustain this project? So what was the process? How did you reach these people? Um, a lot of the time, it's just me sending lots of emails, and I send, whenever I made Braille for Languages, I would maybe send 100 emails and get five back or less. There's many countries where I want to make Braille for the language, but the people there are just, like, not helpful, or they straight up tell me that they don't care, or something like that. Or they say, like, oh, we don't have blind people, even though it's definitely not true in a language of a million people. So, uh, yeah, usually I would just... Sometimes I have friends in other countries and I ask them to help. Sometimes I, in the past I even used the page Canada Ball and I posted in the comments, oh, can anyone help me get into contact with the Polish government? I'm making Braille for two languages there. Science is successful, sometimes it's not successful, but uh, yeah, it's, I would say it's very difficult to get into contact with a government, especially uh, certain governments. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you, do you have some data about uh, the percentage of uh, blind people uh, in general? Yeah, we can estimate, uh, based on the United St States, I, we can estimate maybe like two or three people in every thousand is blind. Okay. I mean, not all of them are completely blind, but some can see so little that they might as well be blind, or what we call legally blind. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, some people become blind as they become much older. Yes, yeah, sure. But uh, could it be because of the diet? as well in the in the US do you, do you do you have some comparative data between countries to see which country has the least blind uh, blindness um no not really uh, i mean most people who are blind are born blind so i don't really think it has very much to do with the diet i know that americans are like eating hamburgers and hot dogs and pizza all, all day but no uh i mean i've checked and it's pretty much similar across countries mm -hmm. one time i was doing talking with an ethnic group in rural india who has like half a million people and i said oh we can estimate that there's maybe like two out of every thousand people is blind and they said oh what are you talking about it's definitely much much less here because unlike uh, the other groups we are not like marrying our cousins so therefore we must not have any blind people mm -hmm. and i thought that was stupid first first mm -hmm. of all uh i mean a lot of people are blind in underdeveloped countries because uh of preventable diseases that can now be solved uh with uh like medical technology uh unfortunately in the united states most people 
have some sort of access to this, but a lot of people in other countries have higher rates of blindness due to the unavailability of health care. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Great. Ani? Yeah. There's Tamuna asking, uh, which languages do you speak and which ones uh, uh, are your favorite and why? I have a favorite language, for example, because I enjoyed the learning process, how the language opened itself up to me. That's a good question. I, I speak Spanish pretty much fluently, and I would say I speak Portuguese very well. I like to learn languages a lot. Uh, I mean, I know some Hebrew, some Yiddish, some Italian. Uh, trying to learn a little bit Georgian. I, c I can read the Mechedruli, uh, Georgian alphabet. But um, I would say my favorite languages that I've learned some of are Italian and Greek. I think they sound the most beautiful. I like the Greek alphabet. And I like that they can help you read very old texts in, I don't know, Latin or ancient Greek. Mm. And uh, I, I like how Italian people like speak with their hands also. <laughs> uh, it's entertaining. But I also really like the Georgian language, although the grammar has been pretty difficult for me. I want to get better at it in the future. Mm. What is your dream? My dream? Uh, uh, good question. Like uh, for my life? Do you have, do you have some, some, <laughs> some plan? I don't know. Uh, I just want to travel around the world and help as many different uh, languages as I can using coming up with new unique ideas and meeting new people. Uh, I, d I don't really know, though. I'll have to get back to you on that. <laughs> yeah, but you, you're 23. Yeah, I'm 23. I just graduated at university recently. Uh, I would say that my family really wants me to have a 9 to 5 office job. Uh, which I understand why they, they want me to have that, but I really like the uh, creative problem solving that comes with the job that I have now. I really like that I feel like I'm making a difference, and I like that I have f more flexible hours or stuff, so I can just take mm -hmm. 10 days off, go to Georgia, and it's, uh, do whatever I want. Which type of family do you come from? Uh, are they are they into the linguist uh, languages as well, or not at all? Um, no, my mom works in advertising, and my dad works in medical research, so not super related. Uh, I studied international relations in school, but I taught myself things about programming and linguistics, which is how I have the job that I have now. Mm -hmm. Is it a government pro government program? My job? Yes, or is, is uh, it a government program? Uh, kind of. So in the United States, Native Americans have their own governments. Each tribe has its own land, and on the land they have their own laws, they have their own leader, their own constitution, their own taxes. So it's almost like a country within a country. So mm. yes, I would say I work for a government, just not a country government. Mm. It's, it's complicated, but uh, I think uh, it's and very they're interesting. They're sovereign. Yes, they can't pass like... They can't like make murder legal <laughs> or something like that, but they can have a lot of their own laws. For wow. example, they're allowed to have their own casinos or mm. while gay marriage is legal in the United States on some reserve, like Native American reservations, it's illegal because they decided that they don't want it to be legal. Mm -hmm. So they have their own autonomy, let's well, say. That's interesting. We never hear about this. We never hear mm -hmm. about this. Yeah. Unfortunately, Native Americans are fairly marginalized in the U.S., Growing up, I only knew one Native American person, and I, I don't think most of my friends know a single Native American person, wow. unfortunately. They are mostly in just uh, some uh, few states have most of them, and they tend to live, uh, the reservations are usually in more rural areas, so they're not near cities, although there are Native Americans who live in cities, mm -hmm. uh, of course. 
I think I, I saw some movies or some maybe documentaries about high rate of alcoholism uh, in, in, in tribes. Yes, unfortunately, they have m many uh, reservations have problems with alcoholism, crime, people going missing, violence, etc. Uh, I feel fortunate that the tribe I work for is actually doing pretty well. Uh, I've been to their reservation. Uh, their reservation is actually, it's not mostly Native American people. It's more mostly white people who are living there. But mm -hmm. regardless, they have a good development. Uh, they, uh, their government really has their stuff together. Uh, unfortunately, on other like reservations, many people don't have running water or electricity in their house, especially in the southwestern United States. Hmm. Interesting. And and they, do they speak their native language uh, between between one another? Uh, depends on the tribe. Uh, some tribes, basically everyone speaks the language. In fact, there are some tribes where some people don't know any English, wow. especially older people. But the tribe I work for, as I said earlier, only has around five speakers left. Uh, more people are starting to learn the language, especially young children in schools. But uh, like day to day, basically nobody is speaking to each other on the language. Maybe sometimes on social media or maybe when they are practicing the language to get better. But uh, when people stop speaking the language, the language starts to die and isn't passed on. So mm. we need to go and save it before it's at the point of no return. Why, why do you think is the case that uh, those, those languages are disappearing? Is it because the uh, American culture is so um, overwhelming or just because you know people just say okay that's that's the type of life that I prefer and I just mm -hmm. uh, take the habits of that culture. Uh, I would say uh, a few reasons. One is the historical impact of colonization and uh, the the U.S. government at some points in time discouraged people from speaking their native languages and wanted them all to uh, attend school only speaking English. Uh, this wasn't the case for every single tribe. I mean, th situations were different in different regions. Uh, I would say the other main reason is that uh, people were, as in the last, I don't know, 50 years or so, were not really encouraging their children to learn those languages. They had said, do you want to learn the native language or do you want to learn Spanish or French? Spanish or French seems more useful in business and uh, for more opportunities. So people would tend to choose learning other languages. Mm. Uh, I'd also say in the United States, there is a really heavy culture of monolingualism. I mean, there's, there's, I'm sure you've heard many jokes about how Americans only speak English, and to an extent, uh, it's very rare that an American who learns a language in school will actually learn it enough to uh, speak it or, or hold the conversation. Yeah. yeah, that's one thing that uh, here is uh, uh, very, very surprising is that you know, you have people uh, speaking like uh, four, or five languages. Like you know, mm -hmm. it's quite common. It's not it's not the majority, but it's quite common. Like for instance, I need to speak Armenian, Georgian, uh, Russian, English, wow. um, and uh, Spanish a little bit. Muy bien. Yeah. So and you know and and that's the I mean that's something that you probably won't find in 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 America unless she goes to America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, Yes, um, about those the, the the Native Americans. Hello, 
I have a question. What do you feel, what makes Georgia so unique and unified? You spent here 10 days and mm -hmm. it was uh, enough for you to understand that maybe you can stay here and live here. So what uh, distinguishes Georgia from other countries? That's a good question. Okay, so I have this theory that I made up, which I tell all of my friends. I call it the alphabet theory. So any country which has its own alphabet always has a very ancient history, a more unique culture, its own cuisine, and the people are very, um, like, a unified. Solidarity, yeah, like lots of solidarity, right? Yeah, we can see this in Georgia, Israel, Greece, Armenia, uh, Korea, Japan, are all examples of this. Yeah, that actually my question was, was the, the following one. <coughs> Do you see a lot of solidarity between uh, Native Americans when they're outside of their uh, the reservation like you know maybe like Jewish would, would have or some Indians uh, tr uh, as well uh, do, you, do you feel this? Um, yeah they have some solidarity I don't think that on the ground there's actually very much cooperation happening between the tribes uh, in my experience but yes I, I would say that many Native Americans especially ones who live in similar regions to each other feel lots of solidarity uh, mm. at the tribe that I work for we have uh, many people from other tribes who are also working there uh, usually from like geographically nearby ones uh, many of them for example like the Osage tribe who I work for there are four nearby tribes who speak similar languages and sometimes they can even understand each other when they are speaking the language so I, I would say that this creates uh, a lot of closeness between some tribes mm -hmm. Interesting. Any do we have some? Here is Dachi asking again about your travel in Georgia. What was your favorite place that you visited in Georgia? Well, I have two options, Tbilisi and Gori. And that's a really, really tough one. No, I, I, I would say Tbilisi <laughs> was uh, my, my favorite city. I mean, uh, I, I really like this city center especially, but... Uh, uh, yeah, I would go to like around Liberty Square in the old city uh, a lot. So mm -hmm. I guess that is my favorite part. Uh, I wish I could have visited more places, though, and, and maybe next time. Yeah, and there is a lot of renovation going on mm -hmm. uh, all across the all across the city, especially the old city. It's very nice. It's gonna be very very nice in the next, I think, two or three years. It's gonna really the the city is gonna change totally. Hopefully. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just the question went is what did you like about Gori? Yeah, uh, I just went uh, for a few hours with some uh, like uh, people from Georgia who want to go on a trip there. So we were only there for a little bit. They said, "Okay, Harris, what do you want to visit in Gori? There's a castle and there's the Stalin Museum, and we don't want to go to the castle. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not not so much of an option. But I, I we went to the Stalin Museum and. There was a tour. It, it was in Georgian language, but they were able to uh, translate the details for me. And then we went to a restaurant and we walked around the city a little bit. But uh, yeah, it didn't seem like there was very much to do in Gori. No mm -hmm. offense to any Gorians watching. Uh, yes, so you need to visit the uh, Kasbegi as well. Very, very nice. Very relaxing. You need to visit Kutaisi. Mm -hmm. People from Kutaisi are very good people. Uh, I think they're the, the some of the best uh, in Beige region. And uh, 
And Batumi, I don't like. Batumi, I don't like. It's just it's concrete. I mean, some people like the old city, but um, frankly, now is is. Uh, I don't see any interest. But uh, when you will come back, we will do the part two of the of the podcast. How long is it's been now? One hour. One hour. It's good. One hour. Maybe nice. maybe we if if we have one or two more questions. Mm, not really, but here is Christiana inviting you once again to Georgia and maybe you can take a tour with her because she is saying like, uh, one second. She says you must find the time, come back again and enjoy Georgia with relax and uh, I'm asking what would you offer him? And so she says he will get the most exciting tours here. He knows. No. <laughs> what yeah. do you know? <laughs> Um, th thank you for <laughs> your offer, Christiana. Sorry that I couldn't see you because I was uh, extremely busy this whole time. But uh, I'm sure that I want to visit other places like Mitzcheta or uh, um, Svaneti or maybe some other regions. I mean, everyone is telling me to come to their like small village, and I don't know if every small village is worth visiting for me. But I still want to see the uh, nature, especially, and some other ancient cities uh we'll see uh, i'll have to do a little bit better planning next time i come because i kind of just chilled in the tbilisi great 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 harris was very good to have you it was very interesting to understand about the mem technology like the mem culture and mm -hmm. about your um you know your the fact that you are doing this and the way you found georgia um mm -hmm. so very good job you're doing as well with this braille project uh, in georgia right now as well and we wish you the best for people who are interested in Georgia, who are outside of Georgia. Uh, they can uh, connect and visit our page, sakarveloinside.com. They can follow us also on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and other social medias. Our goal again is to uh, raise awareness about the country and we want to show what's going on here. So thank you, Harris, and uh, see you soon. Thank you very much, Madloba. See you soon. We're going to do the tournament ah, right yes. now. Maybe yes. we can announce it. Uh, so, guys, uh, we're so watching you right what now. What was the, the, the tournament? Uh, we are doing a country name tournament. Should it be Georgia or Sakartvelo? So, my opinion, my opinion first. Yes. <laughs> my opinion is that it should be Sakartvelo because, like Harris says, and this is a good example, he has some friends who believe that it was ne next to Florida. When you call it Georgia, it's just very confusing, and um, so Sakartvelo is the best option. So what do they say? So they say our wrong. CEO just voted for Sakartvelo, and now it's Harry's turn. And then we published a tournament on Sakartvelo Inside page uh, on Instagram and uh, Facebook. So everyone mm. gonna react. So what's your vote? Uh, I also think that Sakart Velo is good, although it might be hard for English speakers to pronounce. Uh, they can get used to it. Maybe we can remove the air and make it Sakavelo. You know, <laughs> or, or just sock. Sock. <laughs> okay, so uh, do you release the tournament now? It's released now. It's yeah. released and people will, people will uh, will vote and uh, we'll see what they think and then we'll change the country na country's name if uh, necessary. Mm -hmm. All right. Super. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. And follow, follow, uh, Canada, Canada, uh, Canada, Canada Ball. Ball and Sakharov inside.
Peace.